<laughs> I guess I'll let go. Uh, and then Murdoch is in the wind. Hey, Maniacs. It's Mystery Maniacs. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to mystery TV. Each week, we dig into an episode of a show including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love this week. Murdoch, Season 1, Episode 6, Let Loose the Dogs. Let Loose the Dogs. I'm Sarah. I'm Mark. You may hear Lucy. We should explain. Our cat, whose full name is Lucy Fur. Yes. <laughs> We call her Lucy for short. Has gone. She's become very vocal in her old age. Do lolly. Yes. Lately. And likes to just yell. So uh, she's not unhappy. So if you hear her in the background outside the door, that's just Lucy Fur doing her thing. We can't muzzle her or something. <laughs> that would be mean. That would be. <laughs> I gave her a bunch of goodies and stuff so she'd be in there eating, but she just woofed it down like a piggy and now she's at the office door. So she might holler. It's okay. This is a spoiler podcast and a little warning. If you let your kids wander around in the dark by a river, you should be okay to let them listen to the podcast. How about just don't do that? Yeah. Let them listen to a podcast instead. It's safer. <laughs> Couple things uh, that happened this week that are interesting. First, speaking of Murdoch, Jim which is the network in Canada. It's the online service from CBC. Yeah. Launched a web series called Macy Murdoch that's for kids. Yes. And it's about an ancestor, uh, not an ancestor, the opposite of that. What is that? A descendant, a descendant of Murdoch, um, who's a little girl, and she travels back in time to save William Murdoch because he's accused of murder. Is that right? Yeah, she goes back to 1910. She's a time traveler. It's like Murdoch mashed up with Doctor Who for kids. Yeah. So if you have access to Jim because you live in Canada, you should be watching it and telling us if it's fun. Yeah, they're just little 12-minute episode things. Yeah, it's a web series. It's fun. It, it attracts more viewers to Murdoch yeah. than a younger viewing set. I'm sure it's a hoot. Yeah, I'm sure it's fun. I'm sure there's so many winks and nods in it. It's oh, not yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Murdoch is famous for these. If, if you don't know Murdoch, like Canadians know Murdoch, you're probably not aware of there's a cup there's been a couple of web series which are sometimes they do uh like prep for seasons like little hints mm -hmm. for the season to come as a case and they're like little 12 minute episodes and things like that they've done a couple of those they did do one where Murdoch goes forward in time and meets up with everybody though and like Crabtree and Brackenrain are not good people <laughs> in no. those episodes no. No. Another thing we have to tell you about is this fantastic website created by a Midsummer fan. It's MidsummerMurdersHistory.org, and oh boy, you are in for a treat. It's awesome. I can't wrap my brain around the amount of work. Petra Tabarelli is a researcher. Mm -hmm. Did you look at what she actually researches in her daily life of researching? Offsides rules in football? German football. Yes. <laughs> Wow. She's good at going deep into a niche, and she does it for Midsummer too. And she has created a timeline that begins about 800 BC in the Iron Age and continues to the 
season 22 of Midsummer. Yeah, it's the history of Midsummer County. So it has all the references to historical events that are mentioned in Midsummer and more contemporary events in Midsummer. So did you? It's really cool. She brought this up on the Reddit for Midsummer. Did you hear her talking? Like, did you read her talking about how she went about doing it? I'm the one who asked her to explain okay. how she went about it because okay. I thought she sat there rewatching the episodes and taking notes. So tell us how she did it. She said she um, went through the scripts yeah. of all the episodes, which would be a much easier way to do it, I think, because you could skim much faster than you could watch. I want that archive. <laughs> <laughs> you can find them all online. They're just not easy yeah. to read. Yeah. Um, you have to kind of copy and paste them into a document or something because of the format they're in. So we'll put that in the show notes for all our Midsummer fans. You should absolutely check it out. If, if for no other reason than it is an epic undertaking and it's and it it's complete. It's really cool. And in our tradition of doing shows that are producing new shows still, Murdoch episode Murdoch series 17, mm-hmm. I believe, is going to start showing on Acorn. Now, when this Monday, which will be the 27th. The day this is released. Yeah, the, the day 27th of March. The 27th of March. Now, we have to be careful. We don't talk spoilers about new episodes. No. Be careful about what you talk about in the subreddit and stuff like that. And the Facebook groups. Oh, wow. Just be careful. Be careful. <laughs> you'll, get ba- you'll get banned or something you'll by get- somebody. They're you, pretty hardcore. You don't want to bother anybody. We don't run those. No, no. <laughs> Though my brother is constantly trolling. Oh my gosh, did you see that this happened? I'm like, no, we haven't got them yet. And thank you. Yeah, <laughs> haven't seen it. Don't know about it. Please don't ruin it. Uh, All right. Are you ready to talk Let Loose the Dogs? Let Loose the Dogs originally broadcast February 24th, 2008. Don McBreedy is uh, the writer as the director and Gene Gregg and Cal Coons are the writers. This is the only episode that is drawn directly from a book. Mm-hmm. From a Maureen Jennings book. So there are seven books by Maureen Jennings. Three of them turn into the movies that happened before this, mm-hmm. this show. And then... That uh, are completely different in tone. Yes. And then <laughs> this episode one. And then there are another couple that are touched on but the, no. their interpretations of stories from the books yeah like there's one where a bunch of girls at a, a girl school are being wooed away by a man mm-hmm. now they make it much more interesting than than what this book is yeah yeah <laughs> and they deal with similar things but the books are from what i can understand I, I haven't read any of the books, but just from their descriptions, they seem a little more serious, a little more procedural. A little? <laughs> they're more than a little. They're, they're quite- I have two of them in PDF form, neither of which I could get through because it's just not my Murdoch, right? Yeah. I think if you read the books first and then you saw the show, you would say like, this is a completely different character. I mean, I don't like the names are the same and the era is the same and the location is the same and nothing else is the same. It has to be kind of like Martin and Game of Thrones. It has to be some. No, they're really close to the books. They're really close. Yeah. No, this is like if they made Game of Thrones into a slapstick comedy. That's the the gulf between them. And what what has happened is this Murdoch, the... The television Murdoch is more wildly popular. Oh, yeah. And so that must be an interesting sort of thing to deal with. But I know 
I'm sure she cashes her executive producer <laughs> checks. And as a as a writer, if I were her, I I don't think I could watch the show if I was still writing the books because it would infect my brain. Yeah, she's you know, like I it would be really difficult to separate all, them out. All the books, but one came out before the show started, mm-hmm. except for the last one, which it came out in 2017. Let darkness bury the dead, which is nothing like Murdoch. <laughs> Wow. All right. So let's talk about this episode. So (laughs) I'll say right off the top, because this one is based on a book, it is a bit more serious than a lot of other episodes. This is the most procedural. Yes. But that did not prevent us from finding all kinds of doolally bits and bobs in this episode. So if you watched it and you found it kind of heavy, fear not. We have found the goodies. Do you think, just to start us off on the right foot, that they're employing dogfighting at the beginning. That we're supposed to think that's what's going yeah. on? No. Okay. I don't. Because okay. this kind of ratting was really popular. And as it soon was, as you see the kind of dogs they are, you know they're not dogfighting. They, they, it was really popular, but it's definitely on the decline here. It's seen as a, it's not a rising in popularity thing. It's a declining in popularity thing. So it's more hidden and more. It's a backroom thing. Yeah, it's a backroom thing. Though, Newcomb, who owns the bar, he doesn't have to hide it. It's not illegal that they're doing it. No. But if you wanted to make extra money as a business owner on some kind of betting scheme, this is a pretty inexpensive one. I mean, it's not like you can just put up a horse track in the back. Yes. You know, or a roulette wheel or something. (laughs) Well, you also have to- You could have poker games, I guess, or blackjack games in the back. But You do have to have your uh, cupboard that's labeled dogs- Fixing drugs. Yes, yes. It's so, clear. Like, <laughs> there's the drugs right there. They're not illegal. There's no reason to keep them hidden. It's I not know. illegal to give them to the dogs either. I not know. at this time. I know. That's just, you know, his little cupboard of tricks. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have a question. We talk about tropes a lot on this show. Things that reoccur. Yeah. Has there ever been a gambling situation in which one character won and the other character didn't win? And the other character wasn't accused of cheating in anything ever. No, no. Or said, wow, good job. You chose the right dog. At no point. I wish I had. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Fair play. You won. I just was like, every single show where there's betting, somebody accuses somebody else of cheating. Absolutely. That's what makes it interesting. Hey, what there's a- no charge for that show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a salesman. The other thing that makes this interesting is the music. Yes. And it's not the Murdoch theme song that we hear during this montage of ratting scenes. No. We hear a song called The Man Who Broke the Bank at Monte Carlo. Okay. (laughs) Which is a music hall song. Okay. Right? Um, Do you know anything about this song? Is it contemporary? Like, would it it actually have been being sung? Yeah, it was written in 1890. Okay. By a guy named Fred Gilbert, so who is not a, the Gilbert of Gilbert and Sullivan. So it could be a popular song. I think point. it would have been known. Yeah. Um, but it gets more interesting. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So the other song that Fred Gilbert was really well known for was called, Did You Ever See an Oyster Walk Upstairs? No. No, I never have. <laughs> end I, of song. Like, I desperately wanted to see the lyrics of this song, and I cannot find them Anywhere. That is quite a metaphor. It's like, it's top secret now. (laughs) 
Like the next line is, well, if you haven't, let me tell you how to make them do it. And they don't want you to know anymore. You can't find the lyrics to this song. But the man to who, the oyster song. To the but oyster you can song. Find the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Monte Carlo song. Oh, yeah. The man who broke the bank at Monte Carlo was a really popular song. As a matter of fact, Bing Crosby recorded a version of it on a, Is this the first reference to Bing Crosby we've had in the probably, podcast? Probably, <laughs> yes. But it's juicy. Are you okay, ready? Okay. Okay, so this is a 1961 two-album set okay. of songs. Okay, 1961 two-album set. Bing Crosby. The songs of Bing Crosby. Oh, no. No. Oh, it's called it? 101 Gang Songs. What? <laughs> like, you're not going to get me, copper. No, like, Gangsta's Paradise Songs. What? <laughs> It's a two-album set, and it actually has 101 songs on it. Wow. And when I, when I saw it, I was like, immediately I thought of Bing Crosby and gold chains and a backwards baseball hat. Like, <laughs> Bing is so gangsta, you know? So, so the okay, songs- Okay, they can't be long. Oh, no, they're not. They're, they're all like sing-song songs, like, sing, like songs you'd sing in a bar or something, right? Um, so songs like Pop Goes the Weasel. Now, do they mean gang songs like gang li- gang vocal songs? Because gang vocals is a is a thing. It meant sing-along songs that you would sing with the gang. Well, oh, like the gang down at the, the at the pop shop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a Canadian reference. For I don't know what you. you mean there. Um, in, in my mind, though, it was gangsta songs. Gangsta. <laughs> so Pop Goes the Weasel is completely different in my head now. <laughs> I'm going to pop that weasel. You know, like Bing is getting hardcore or on top of Old Smokey. That's got to be like a, a, you know, like a Snoop Dogg song, yeah. right? So, <laughs> Bing and Snoop. <laughs> Blow the man down. That's a whole other thing. Too. Yeah. Like you got arrested for that, didn't yeah. you? Um, but of course, then my brain goes even more wackadoodle. Like, well, that's the first of the two albums. What's the second album? Well, the second album is when Bing goes really gangsta. Uh-oh. Like straight out of Compton? And, yeah, like straight out of Compton. Or damn, it feels good to be a gangsta. You know, his duet with Julie Andrews where she's so <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> she's got a gold tooth. You know she's hardcore. Bing in the hood. Bing in the hood. You know, or ain't nothing but a bing thing. Ain't nothing but a bing thing. Babe. Babe. (laughs) Sipping on bing and juice. Laid back. Yeah, it's on 101 gang songs. There you go. Now you know. That's fantastic. So these are terriers. Yep. Catching rats. Yes. These would be captive rats. (laughs) <laughs> that they dump into this pen. Okay, no animals are harmed in the filming of this episode, of Oh, course, gosh, no. They're so clearly rubber rats. They are clearly rubber rats. <laughs> There's so, one real rat. Yeah. And like, and it's nowhere near a dog. It's like Ricardo. Like, he, he's, he's the hero rat. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I got this. <laughs> I got this. And he does all the rat stuff, like yeah. running. Rat stunts. But then... There's the rubbery Ricardo. Yeah. Then all the rubber rats come out. So obviously this is illegal now. You don't do this anymore. No, no, no. no. Like lots of other and this is, this animal-based is the, gambling. The Victorian change from animals that work to animals that are pets in our house. Right. Right. Because ratting is an important thing. Yeah. If you have a farm. Yeah. You don't want rats, right? No. They'll eat the they'll food. Eat they'll bite your animals. They'll yep. spread disease, all that yep. stuff. So if you've got an animal that catches them like a cat or terrier that's that's that, a good thing that animal has a job yes right yes 
So like dog fighting, this is right out now. Yeah. But there are still these breeds of dogs that have those instincts. Yes. Right? Like terriers. Yes. So there's more civilized versions of these things now. Oh, there are. Yes. Do they have rubber rats like Ricardo? <laughs> uh, n- no. Okay. Um, so there's two forms of it. One is called earth dog trials. Now, these are for dogs like terriers and like dachshunds that are bred to go down like holes in the oh, ground okay. and catch animals or chase them out the yeah. other side. I knew so dachshunds you can catch were them. like that. Yeah. So what they do, <laughs> what they do for these trials is they basically build a, an ant farm for a dog, <laughs> right? So it's like an above ground tunnel that one side is just plexiglass. And then they put these little dead ends in it that have like something that smells like a rat. Or it might even have an actual rat that's in a cage, so it's protected. And the dog has to get to it as quickly as possible and then get to the next one. But you can watch them in the tunnels. (laughs) Like these dachshunds that look like bendy buses going up and down these little like turny pipes. And every once in a while they stop at the plexiglass and look out. Yeah. How you doing? Okay, I'm off. Or they do these events called barn hunts where they'll pile a a barn or another similar venue with a bunch of hay bales. And they put rats who are in like metal cylindrical aerated traps into those hay bales and the dogs have to find them as quickly as possible. Those poor rats. I can't imagine what they think is going on. Like I'm sure they get lured into the trap with like some food. Okay. Rats can be horrible, and oh, they're yeah. horrible in your house. But the rats they that they you. use are not like that. No, they're These, like city rats. Yeah, no, <laughs> not no city rats are hardcore. They're civilized rats. These are civilized rats. We were grown in a laboratory. Yeah, <laughs> or, or we're basically pets, and every why, once in a while we have to go to this barn. Why are you putting me in a silver tube? Yes. <laughs> Why is this dog smelling me? There are videos of the earth dog trials online. We'll put those in the show notes. (laughs) And they're amazing. The best ones are the ones that are from night vision GoPros that are in the tunnels. (laughs) So you see a dachshund's nose like just coming at you, (laughs) you know, on its little feet. And then it turns around and it's just butt view because it goes the other way. I can only imagine all of doing this. She would never do it. Uh, I don't know. She's gotten inside the couch to find a toy. That's true. So, Like, I can see her diving in, yeah. but then not doing at all what you wanted her no, to do. No, I can see her going, oh, this is wrong. Yeah. I'll or, back out now. Or, this is a good place for a nap. Yes. Sleepy nap time. Yeah. Or, hamburger anywhere? Hamburger. Rat. Hey, rat, you got a hamburger? Letting the rat loose, yeah. you know. So there are. But a couple- she does that head shaking thing. Oh yeah, she's got the instinct of grabbing something and shaking the crap out of it. Because that's like that's how they kill the rats. <laughs> yeah, the they break their neck. They break their necks. But you know, Olive, if you want her to do it, she's never no, gonna do it. She'd be like, no, no, I'm sorry. She'll grab your foot and shake it. Yes. <laughs> Because she wants to. There are also a couple of ratting dogs that I want to tell you about. Okay. I know we're not, of course, we're not in support of the kind of ratting that they used to do. No, no, no. But there are a couple that are famous and deserve some credit. Okay. So the first one. Ricardo. No, that's the rat. No. The first one's name is Tiny. Tiny. And this is in the 1890s too. Okay. okay? Tiny was like really well known. Okay. 
He was five and a half pounds. Oh, he's a little baby. So he's a, like a miniature terrier. Yeah. Like a teacup terrier. Oh. He wore a woman's bracelet as a collar. Oh. When okay. he wasn't working. When he wasn't working. You know, he, he wore his bling. He caught 300 rats in 55 minutes. Wow. That's a rat every 11 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Tiny was hardcore. That's insane. Yes. And they were probably half as big as he was. Oh, my god! He was fearless. Absolutely fearless. But my favorite, my favorite ratting dog of all time is the earliest known documented ratting dog whose name was Hatch. Okay. And he was the rat-catching dog on the Mary Rose. So that the Mary Rose is the ship from Henry VIII? Yes, Henry yep. VIII. It yep. was his favorite warship yeah and it sank yeah in uh 1545 it sank it's now been excavated and is on display in In time team (laughs) in time team in a big museum it's amazing because what happened is when it sank it basically broke right down the middle so now it's like a cross section of the ship oh that's it's like a dollhouse version of the ship if we ever go to england again we're never gonna leave we have too much too many things to see but hatch was the dog on the ship and he had an important job well yeah because if they had rats rats eating the the rations or spreading disease they couldn't have that can't have rats Um, on the ship but he went down with the ship they found him when they excavated the ship um, but yeah, that's Hatch. But that's, I mean, he was a hero dog. So clearly there's been some cheating here and Flash walks out, walking along and whammo, he gets hit by a, a hoe. Not Flash, his owner, his Delaney. Owner. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm Flash like, is the dog. Why did they, why did they hit the dog with no, the hoe? No, no, they hit his owner who deserves it. And he's a yes, bad guy. He's a bad guy. Though Flash did kill 59 rats. Yes, he did. It's impressive. That is impressive. I mean, it's not tiny. Yeah. But it's impressive. And Harry Murdoch is like, you're cheating. That dog had no hind corners. Like, his ass isn't big enough to be a good rat-catching dog. I, I, I don't know what Harry's beef is here. His badonka donk is too small to be a good rat-catching dog. Now, but, we don't know it, it's Harry Murdoch yet. No. But but Delaney takes the big purse. Yep. You know, even though Harry Murdoch's a, a bag of money, like it uh, needs to have a little dollar sign on I the know, side of it. I know. <laughs> it's so obvious. Yeah. And they did have paper money, right? Oh yeah. So it didn't have to be a bag of coins of loonies and toonies. Uh I would assume that this is so little it's not up to paper money. Oh, really? Yeah. I these I, can't be a lot of money. I would have thought added together it would have been maybe a couple of bucks. You know, speaking of loonies and toonies, I just recently learned that toonies were named by the people. Yeah, the, it's a vernacular name, not a not a official it's not a, name. It, I thought it was a Bodie McBoatface thing no, where no. they ask people what they should call them and, and people said toonies. No, no. And so that's what they're called. No, no, people just called them toonies. What are they actually called? $2 coins. <laughs> just like the loony is just a $1 coin. That's not what I heard. Oh, what did you hear? I heard that there was a contest that they asked no, people what no. they should call them. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> no. No, no. Okay, the $1 coin has a loon on it. Right. So it's a loony. Right. And then they released $2 coins and everybody said, well, what are you going to call these? Oh, toonies. What's on the $2 coin? Oh, any of a number of things. A goose or something? A goose, Elizabeth is on them. A goosey? A goosey. A Lizzie? No, 
Elizabeth's on all the money it's for gonna now. Have, it's going to have Charles on it. Yeah, soon, right? I'm, there's going to be money at home when I get home with Charles on it, I bet. Yeah, well, he's not been... No, he's not coronated yet. I was going right, to say inaugurated. So. But they have, they do have, I don't know if they're loonies or toonies, but they're black. They're commemorative for Elizabeth. Ooh, like goth they, money. Yeah, well, it's more funerary money. Than, <laughs> but than the, goth fun, money. the funeral's been over for a while now, so now it's goth money. <laughs> we get a first here that if you're new to Murdoch, yep. you won't appreciate. But for the first time, Murdoch approaches a crime scene and says... What, what have ha- you, George? Yep. It is, dun, a, da, da, da. it is a phrase we will hear many more times. Is it what have we, George, or what have you, George? What do we have, George, is what he says here. I think later he might say yeah. what have you, George, sometimes. Yes. This is but, nasty business. But this is like a signature Murdoch saying. Yeah. So much so that I almost put it on a T-shirt. So they find the body and then Murdoch, they find somebody else and Murdoch knows who he is at already. His name is Murdoch. Harry Murdoch. Yep. And then... Who's super drunk. And then Murdoch does the right thing. Yeah, he says, I, I need to be excused from this case. I cannot be... And Bracken Reed's like, nah, pish posh, you're on the case. He's like, but I'm biased. I don't care. We don't have enough people. We'd have to give it to Pinkertons. Yeah. We'd have to what? pay... <laughs> We'd have to... Yes, they would have to give it to Pinkertons. Pinkertons was way involved. Or they could have given it to a different station house. They could have said, detective whatever from station house whatever. We need to borrow you and assign you to this case. Murdoch, you go to that station house for now. We'll swippy swappy. But no, they put the super emotional guy on the case where his dad is accused of murder and looks pretty guilty. Yeah. Oh, and he hates him, by the way. Yeah, like really hates him. Well, and he doesn't even recognize him. He, well, okay, we're saying him a lot here. Yes, Murdoch thinks his dad killed his, his mother. And he right? also, th- Mur- and hasn't seen him in years. His father doesn't recognize him. He's so drunk at the beginning. Right. Because what happened was when Murdoch was a child, when his mother died, his he was taken away to a convent, right? To yeah. a, um, an orphanage. And I don't know at this point whether his dad gave him up or where they came and took him because his dad was unfit. He said he left him for the sisters, I think he yeah, said. Right. He, or, yeah. Or, yeah, his dad took him to the convent. Never mind. In the book, his sister. Yes, Murdoch has a sister. Murdoch has a sister in TV, too, but that's not for another couple of seasons. Seasons, yeah. But, yeah, there's no mention of that at all. So he hasn't seen him since then. No. He hasn't seen his dad since then. His dad has no idea what he's become. No. Right? He calls him Willie. Willie. It's just so weird. Murdoch is so not a Willie. It's so Canadian. Like he's not a Billy. Yep. You know, Willie. he is a William. Yes. He's 100% William. So Delaney's dead in the river, having been hit with something upside his head. His son, Philip, finds him mm. and goes back to the pub. And this is the, I would say this is the end of the time period where autistic people are being portrayed as what the term that idiots Murdoch savant. uses is idiots avant. Uh-huh. This is at the end of it. I you don't mean, think they make the episode the way they do now that that they could in 2008. Okay. So you're saying when this was filmed, yeah. that was when they stopped, around the time they stopped doing that, I would not say, when it's set. Like from Of Mice and Men to the early 2010s, mm-hmm. there, there's that kind of idiot savant period of 
portrayal of these characters. Yeah. But now that character is going to be portrayed very differently. I almost feel like the approach taken towards people with intellectual disabilities at the time when this is set is so negative and so hurtful and so misunderstood. Like they just don't understand that the only way to redeem having a character like that in a story is to make them a savant. Yes. You know, they, so they give him this incredible ability to tell time and do math and that's and so he must have some worth because of yeah him. exactly yeah and it's just I don't like that. I don't like it at all it's nope. a total cop out and I I don't like that he's the killer either no I don't like that I, he's- I think it's I think it's cheap yeah not that people with disabilities can't be killers I'm not saying that I just think it's a cheap plot ploy in this in this case well and I'm just also, gonna put that out it, there. it kind of like what happens with Philip if he's not the killer is not a good thing. Oh, no. No. Well, even if he is the killer. Yeah. You know. Anyway, we're jumping to the end. Okay, yep. so Harry is drunk as a rat. Yes. Bracken, we won't ex- excuse Murdoch it's from all the case. It's fuzzy. So, so Murdoch has to investigate. Yes. When everything's pointing to his dad as being the killer. And Murdoch has some Murdochy flashbacks here. Yeah. And a pocket watch from his dead fiance. Yeah. I think this may be the last mention of the fiance. Of Liza? Yeah. I hope so. It's kind of a downer. Yeah. This is a fun show. <laughs> I want Murdoch to do fun things, not be sad. I'm, I'm biased. I like fun things. And th- so the main characters, we've got Newcomb, who owns the bar, right? Yeah. And we've got John Delaney, who's the victim, Philip Delaney, who's his son. And then there are the Lacys. Yes. Walter, who keeps the dogs, and Jess, who's a barmaid. I just poison the dogs. I don't do part of the fixing. I'm just their dealer. Yes. <laughs> okay, Snoop. I just give them the Coke, the laudanum, and the chloroform. Yeah, I, that's all I do. Yeah, and rake some stuff, sweep sweep stuff, and take care of a bloody hoe. Yes. <laughs> okay, even if it is rat bud, do you not clean it at the end of every night? I know. Ugh. Yuck. By the way, Murdoch's office is spotless in this episode. Are you happy? I am. Oh, <laughs> it was too messy. It's like you can't sleep at night because you need to go clean Murdoch's no, office. but it was too messy in the first episode. <laughs> so there's something in the morgue in this episode that I don't understand. Okay. So he goes to see Julia, Julia in the morgue. It's a good dead body here. Yes. And she says he had no water in his stomach or his lungs. So he so must have been dead when he went in the water. Must have been dead when he went in the water. And we get an angle of the morgue that we haven't seen yet quite, at least not for any kind of prolonged period of time, from the end going, from one end going back towards the other end that isn't where her office is, right? Yes. Her office is elevated at one end. Yeah. And we hardly ever see the other end of that no. barrel vaulted room. But we do. And there's a ladder. Yeah. Okay. Why is there a ladder in the morgue? It's like a library ladder. Maybe the uh, maybe the oyster uses a ladder to get up the stairs. Have you ever seen a ladder go uh, an oyster go up a ladder? Maybe. There's nothing at the top of it. No, there's nothing. It's It's attached to a pipe run that only goes across a doorway. It's weird. And there's nothing above it. I noticed that too. I was like, what is that doing there? Like even if you climbed it, you could only reach like 3 foot of ceiling. That's yeah. it. I don't get it. 
Did you get a somebody? Picture? I, I got a picture of it. Okay, good. Somebody look at it and explain why the ladder is there because I don't understand. Otherwise, it is such a beautiful room. I love that room. Yeah. And Julia totally tries to be the, tell me more about your father so I can become your girlfriend here. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to understand you better, William. Yes. Or maybe, just maybe, you sort of have a grudge against your dad. Yes. And you might want to think about that and not consider him the only suspect possible. (laughs) Maybe you should diversify it just a little bit. Yeah. Before you go too far. You know, the thing that you were afraid you were going to do and ask Brackenry to take you off the case, you're doing that thing. And the thing that you said you were going to do, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Then Brackenreed mentions Pepper on a horse. Yes. <laughs> okay, first of all, and we And everything have... stops. Yeah. What? We have to. We have but to talk us, about. But it's us, so we go, oh, yeah, we know all about that. We have to talk about <laughs> Brackenreed being the worst undercover person ever. Well, this is before he goes to the bar. Yeah. He yeah. mentions Pepper on a horse. Yeah. And what is that a reference to, Mark? Gingering, which is a nice term for shoving stuff into a horse. Bits, including ginger. Pepper. Uh, hot peppers. It's putting it either inside the horse's rectum or rubbing it on their genitals yes. to make them run faster. Yes. Would that make you run faster? No, no, no. <laughs> Unless it was like towards a bucket and of I'm water that you say, could sit in. listeners, that we tried this. No. We did not try this. <laughs> I think common sense says the only thing it would make me do is either want to drag my butt across the ground if I was a horse or put it in a bucket of water. <laughs> Look, Speedy Dan, the horse, you're supposed to be at the starting line. Why are you sitting in the trough? Somebody put pepper on my bits. Of course, Bracken Reed would know about that. Yes. Murdoch asks about a search warrant here, and he's like, uh, <laughs> Bracken Reed's like, psh, you know, pshaw, pshaw, we don't need any search Smir- warrant. Search warrant, smirch warrant. Did you watch, see? Watch me do my work. Did you see the gold sign in the bar? Yeah, they accept nuggets and dust as payment. And dust as payment. What a job. Yeah. Can you imagine having to like weigh it out and go, well, that's enough for a beer. If it's real, let me yeah. get my jeweler's loop out and test it chemically to see if it's real. They're not, they're not in a gold rush area here. Yeah. That sign should not be there. No. Maybe this is a set that they're going to use later when Murdoch is on the frontier out in the West. I don't know, but Maybe. it's, it's not. So Brackenreed, for all of his experience is the worst undercover Ever. Well, okay. Is he? Is Or is he there to t- attract attention? He's there to distract him. So maybe But he's all doing, he does is make himself suspicious. Maybe he's doing a great job by looking suspicious. He puts on a new tie. He does indeed. And then talks about stuff he doesn't know anything about. He certainly has never been to Kentucky. Kentucky Derby. The Derby. Just makes stuff up. But Newcomb sure is knowledgeable. Yes, he is. Well, I remember the horse that won in the 1778, whatever. He beat the other horse by 2.25 milliseconds. Like, he knows way too much. Meanwhile, Murdoch is out in the dog kennel, just digging around, just looking. Yeah. And getting attacked by dogs. Oh, I'm sure that's nothing. It's just Murdoch being attacked by a German shepherd. So Kentucky Derby is contemporary here. Mm-hmm. Started 1875. It's a weird thing being as close to we to it that we live. You know, it, it as a kid, it was a faraway thing. Well, of course, as a kid, Indiana was a faraway magical yeah, it's place. It's not exotic to us. Yeah. 
to it's, the rest of the world, it is an exotic event. Yeah, it's a 90-minute down-the-road tra- traffic jam yeah. to us. Yeah, with big hats. Yeah. Murdoch finds the medicine cabinet with all the dope in it that they give to the dog Which to fix like, the matches. It might as well be labeled drug cabbie. Yeah, basically. But he gets attacked by the guard dog, the German shepherd. Yes. He bites his arm. And he somehow somehow drugs it. Yeah, I didn't. This is a whole bunch of I'm waving my hands and you're expected to believe this part now. Well, he doesn't know what's in those bottles. No. They're not labeled. No. That's why he has to take a vial of one of them to have it tested. Yes. Of all of them to have it tested. So he's got a bottle in his hand that could be bleach, could be cocaine, could be vodka. He doesn't know. Nope. But I understand the dog might really, really hurt him. So he's got to do something. But he's super Murdoch. He just straightens up his coat sleeve and he's fine. That dog would have mauled him. Yeah. How does he get the liquid drugs into the dog? He kind of... Power of Christ compels you. (laughs) You think he despises it on him? Yep. So I think while the dog's biting his arm, he slips the neck of the bottle into the back of the dog's mouth. Yeah. Like into the gap. I think we've been giving the cat too much medicine. Pours it down his throat. (laughs) To deal with And then the dog's like, uh, (laughs) I guess I'll let go. Uh." And then Murdoch is in the wind. Yes, gone. My father deserves nothing. (laughs) So then there's a newspaper. Oh, boy. Detective's father suspected murder. Police investigate murder at local pub. Detective assigned to case is son of alleged suspect. Case not in danger of being compromised, Inspector says. Like, there's some snark there. It's deserved. All of this would actually have happened. Yeah. The newspapers would have went, what, what, what? Who's investigating it? Yeah. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bracken reads like, nah, don't worry about it. It's fine. It'll be fine. Fine. I look, I got a new tie on. Look at this. I got a new tie. Look at my fancy tie. Why don't you make that the headline? New tie. Come here, I'll ginger you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the headline in the story. Yes. It's not the content. The, the content of the story is once again <laughs> the, about Russian the Russian Ripper. Ripper. So now I'm like, is is the newspaper editor obsessed with the Russian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like you can make the headline whatever you want, but the story itself has got to be about Nicholas Vasily, the Russian Ripper. We need as much coverage of that as we can. This is a great headline, but needs more Russian Ripper. Yes. <laughs> There's some poor production person sitting listening to this podcast going, I know I should have changed that. Ah, I knew some nerds would look. Oh, you nerds. <laughs> but you can just see the newsroom. The editor's office is completely plastered in like red string. He's got the red string. And all of the Russian Ripper crap. It's the Russian Ripper who killed the dog. And they come in and they're like, boss, we got a good story. This, this. Detective is investigating a crime, and we, his own dad is the lead suspect. And There's what does that be have some, to do with the, the Russian, Russian Ripper? Ripper. Yes, N- nothing. Well, it's okay for the headline, but nobody reads the text anyway. You, Just put the same thing in. It's super tiny. It doesn't matter. There's so much of it. Only nerds in the future will look <laughs> yes, at that. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nicholas, we are future nerds. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nicholas Vasily, who's the Russian Ripper, is like. Why is this Toronto newspaper talking so much about me? Back off, dude. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm in the wind. Stop. Leave me alone. Oh. <laughs> There's also a story that the headline is Mr. Manning is the man. He's the man. <laughs> I'm glad Mr. Manning is the man and 
And the subtitle is Some Glaring Inconsistencies. Some Glaring Inconsistencies. I don't see anything inconsistent between Manning and Man. No. Like, like, okay, he is the man. He's His his name isn't secretly womaning. No. Mr. Womaning Mr. is Womaning. the man. <laughs> yes, he is the man. So then we see Harry Murdoch's exterior start to crack. Mm. I should have found you. You wouldn't like the man I'd become. But we don't know if he's doing that because because he knows his son is going to be really responsible for seeing him hanged or not. And he's just sucking up. We all know what you're capable of doing when you're drinking. I always loved you, Willie. You know, I I, I wanted to be there. You were better off without me. We Willie Murdoch. Is he saying that because he doesn't want to go to prison? Or is he saying that because he really thinks that? We don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's not Father's Day material here. No. I love when Murdoch and Crabtree confront Lacey about doping the dogs. Yes. I just doped the dogs. But they're like, but we're the only two who know about them. We would hate for something to come out. Yeah, that's some good police work right there. (laughs) You know, and Crabtree's in the background making tough faces like, yeah, Yeah. what he said, yeah. You wouldn't want us to leak it. And so this episode becomes obsessed with timelines and how quickly you can get somewhere. All because Philip has a watch. Yes. And so George goes a running. Poor George. I love how Murdoch relaxes here. Yeah, he just sits with his feet dangling off the bridge. Oh, you've done this five times? You could do it another time. Poor George. It's the first of many times that George gets the crap job. Yes. Whenever there's a hole to be dug, Crabtree has to do it. Yeah, I didn't see the body in the incredible darkness of the forest at night. They make a big deal out of who doesn't see the body and all they need to establish to- the timeline when it's completely possible that they didn't see the body because it was dark. All they needed to do was say it's a, it was a full moon. It was a bright night. Yeah, like that immediately makes it at least plausible. Yeah, or that path has one of those new electric lights installed on it. Yeah, fan dangled. Isn't that nice? It doesn't. It's dark. It's in the woods. That's why he didn't see the body. Another newspaper. Another Russian ripper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every single newspaper you see, all the text is Russian ripper. Meanwhile, the editor's like, we still got to talk about the Russian ripper. Stop talking about this murder in town. Yep. Don't you know what's important? Julia is running a ladies breathing class in the park. What is up with that? It's, what does the note say? What is up with that? That is the weirdest scene. Dr. Ogden's yoga, non, non-yoga breathing, pump, class. breathing class in the park with all the women is like, it's, it's just weird. At first you think this is the end of an exercise class. Yeah. Like they would have been doing some toe touches a few minutes ago, but now they're winding down and just doing yeah. some breathing. And then you find out, no, no, that's all they do is breathe. It's such a hard class to go to. It helps with consumption. Does it? Well, what? that's what Murdoch says. Yeah. That's not what the leading thinkers say. And she goes, well, it can't hurt. It's not Murdoch. It's breathing we- can't be bad. It's wee willy. <laughs> wee willy. Listen, can breathing be bad? Meanwhile, all the ladies are like, you know, kind of getting tipsy and spinny because they've been breathing too hard. And then we hear about something else that's too hard. Oh, he had a Delaney had a penis abrasion. Two words that don't need to ever go together. <laughs> Does that hurt when you hear that? And Julia just says it like, oh yeah, and his penis was abraded. Like those women would have been like, ah! 
She's <laughs> yeah. She said the p word. Oh my gosh. Ah, we Willie. Ah, Murdoch should be doing that. <laughs> He's trying to be continental now. Yes, that's right. Modern. He can talk about medical things, Mark. Julia, you should have called it his wee willy. <laughs> his wee willy had a boo-boo. <laughs> That's the proper thing to say. We find out that Murdoch believes that his mother was drowned after she got beat by his father. Hmm. Such a happy episode. Yay! Meanwhile, though Delaney has an abraded penis, there's a bloody hoe in the barn. Yeah. In the kennel. <laughs> Just in my notes, I'm like, <laughs> bloody hoe in the barn. <laughs> I'm such a dork. Yeah. <laughs> it's a see, bloody hoe. I mean, just see Brackenreed. Yeah. Bloody hoe. Julia's shirts are just too much. I love them. They have great big collars. <laughs> great. Great big cuffs. Yep. Great big poofy sleeves. And then her tiny head is there at the top. Yes. It And they tease her hair up, I think, to offset how big her shirt is yeah. to make her head look a little bit balanced. <laughs> they're just, there's so much. That blue one that she has on yeah. when they're testing the blood is just, it's a lot. The collar's like touching her ears. No, I like the blue one. Why? I don't know. I just like the color. Brings it's, out her eyes. It's a nice color, but man. Brings out the red and the hoe. That's a whole lot of shirt to navigate around when you're trying to get something done. It is. It would make it tough to breathe. You knock somebody out with your poofy sleeves. <laughs> the money bag is in the hayloft of the bloody hoe barn. And at this point, Mark, who has forgotten who, who villain, did it, the villain in the episode is like, oh, yeah, it's her. That's Just right. did it. Duh. Duh. He attacked her. He raped her. Yeah. And she killed him, obviously. The end. Yeah, the casualness of rape in this episode is is a bit... Oof. Yeah. Does Murdoch have a salt shaker collection in his office? No. I think they're powdered chemical holders. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Because I was like, that's a lot of shaker. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... You probably don't want to eat in there. No. Because you might accidentally. Though it is neater now. <laughs> you might accidentally shake some laudanum onto your sandwich something. or something. Talk about pepper and something. Yeah. It's probably like lead or something. Powdered lead, arsenic. Who something. knows? Yeah. What we find out is that she didn't do it. Philip did it. And. She's confessing on his behalf to protect him. Yeah. The end. <laughs> The end of the story of the crime stuff. That's it is wrapped up really quickly. It kind of is like, oh, Harry. Harry's free. He says, "I'm going west." Yeah, we're like, "Good riddance, jerk face." Yep. Of course, he says, "I didn't kill your mother. She slipped and hit her head. It wasn't my fault." And I believe him because at this point, he has no reason to lie. He's free. Yeah. He could. He could say, "Yeah, I did it. I hated her. Get over it and leave." And but the, he doesn't. The actor does such a good job at the I never hit my wife or my boy. Yeah. Like, that's a good scene. I I fully believe that he's a deadbeat. Yep. And a drunk and no good dad. But I don't think that he hit anybody. Nope. I buy it. So end of the episode, except for the two most exciting people in the, <laughs> in the outside world. One, Julia just wandering around with a newspaper. Yes. Well, we have to get the Murdoch always ends on an up note. Yep. The Even though Philip has now confessed, 
The whole city is rallying around behind him to save him from the noose, so he'll just have life in prison. Isn't that happy? By the way, Russian Ripper. (laughs) More Russian Ripper. And then the dandiest dandy. He's the super dandy. The super dandy who walks right in front of Murdoch on the camera. Like, like that extra, they must have said, dude, what are you doing? Super dandy. We told you to walk behind him. He's sitting on a bench outside the police station for no reason at all. Incredibly upright going, look at me, look at me, look at okay. me, look at me. He's in tailcoat. Yes. He is super dandy. And top hat and is missing his cape. Yes. All right. He sits there very, very properly. As soon as he sees Murdoch. He gets up and walks slowly in front of him with his top hat. (laughs) I am super dandy. Super dandy. (laughs) I wanted him to pause in the middle and then just take off flying. (laughs) And Murdoch's like, oh, Julia, you have a newspaper. Let's go to Toronto Island with no prior warning. And I'm probably supposed to be at work and so are you, but we'll just walk there. It's a picnic. Where is it? Okay, so Toronto Island is like an island off the coast of, of Toronto, Toronto <gasps> really? right at the center of the city. Okay, now, so so it's not in the lake. It's it is I think maybe a mile at most, maybe two miles from the coast. Okay, so you take a ferry out there now. Okay, it is a beautiful spot. Mm-hmm. There, there are definite like kitty amusement park rides there now. Yeah. Like, it's like a playground island. But you it's would, like a big park. But you would plan your trip there, right? You, I don't know how they, I don't know when they started running ferries, but. I just assume that it's, the, the ferry takes off from the, the beach or the edge of the water and they would have to walk all the way there. I, like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. She could have easily said, I think an ice cream cone will help it was Let's like, go get one. Insert Toronto reference here. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, is, so. Is the beginning, because we know the first episode was, I think, after this one. Are they supposed to be at that part? Like, are they on the island doing the electric uh, no. demonstration thing? I don't no. think so. So No. But I'm I'm concerned about her big sleeves if she's going on a ferry. It is awfully <laughs> romantic to go out to the island. Yeah, it's not a, hey, we're buddy old pals. Let's go to Toronto no. Island together no. on a whim. And it is like, it is a place where you can see the city. Mm. Like you turn, you where you go to the island, there are beaches and lookouts where you can see. I'm sure the view is beautiful the now. The view is but at this absolutely point, beautiful. It would have been similar to that photo that was animated in the last episode with the yes. people who hover above the street. That's the view that you would have. <laughs> Look, wooden sidewalks and a bunch of horse crap. <laughs> what a view. <laughs> we don't really have to do best corpse. There's only one. Yes. So I guess he wins it. Yeah. So Nukem is best corpse. After the credits. After the credits, I guess we're supposed to hope that Philip gets a little bit of prison time Maybe. and not a lot. Maybe. And people treat him nice. Maybe Mrs. Lacey hangs out with him and sort of adopts him, kind of. Are Mr. and Mrs. Lacey going to stay married? I don't know. Like I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. No, but this is a time where the woman's blamed for the rape. Well, but he's dead. Yeah. Right? So as long as Walter doesn't hold it against her, then it's fine. He's a simple sort. I guess it'll come out in the trial. Maybe. So if he sticks by her, it'll be fine. And, uh, you know, Harry's going west. Harry's going west and Super Dandy's following him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Super Dandy following Harry Murdoch to the west. 
I don't think he's going to blend in very well there. And, Super yep. dandy. So Mur- Murdoch's father appears in a couple other episodes. It's fun. Yeah. Much funner than this episode. Oh, my gosh. This one's heavy. They, they are definitely trying to figure out tone mm-hmm. here. And they. I think this is a, let's try one of the books. And then everybody went, mm, let's not do that again. No. No, they don't quite fit where we're going. No. So if this episode gets you down, just think about ain't nothing but a bee thing, babe. Mm. <laughs> you want a horrible movie or two? Yes. Oh, horrible I got movie me. Stephen McCaddy, who plays Harry Murdoch, has made some questionable acting decisions. He is a well-known Canadian can, uh, character actor. When he, I first saw him, I went, oh, yeah, that guy. He's been in like 95 movies. Yeah. He's been in a million movies. Yep. yep. Uh, they can't all be good. No. So I have two really horrible ones for you. Okay. So this is horrible movie, but Mark's seen it. Yes. Though I'm hoping that you haven't. I haven't been doing well so far. Uh, Last week, I won. Yes. By guessing yours. Yes. That's sad. Yep. All right. This is a 2013 movie. And again, Stephen McCaddy, who plays Harry Murdoch, is in this movie. Mm -hmm. Here is the, the tagline, the description. A sewage worker gets trapped inside a septic tank during a water contamination crisis and undergoes a hideous transformation. This is 2013? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is not um, Toxic Avenger. No, or Chud. Or Cannibalistic Chud. humanoid yeah, underground Chud. dweller. It's not Chud, it's not Toxic Avenger. <laughs> the tagline for it is, it's a crappy job. Oh, <laughs> it's a crappy movie. I don't know. It's called Septic Man. Septic Man? <laughs> I think Super Dandy and Septic Man should Super fight. Super Dandy and Septic Man. Oh, I can't possibly go down in the sewer to fight him. How disgusting. It'd be a great title for the episode, but we can't use it. No, uh, it gives it away. Yep. All right, that's one for me. Yep. The second one, again, Stephen McCaddy is in this. Oh, boy. I had to kind of tweak this description so not to give it away. Okay. A woman is cursed with turning into a dinosaur when her husband is caught messing with bones on an ancient burial ground. Her husband, children, friends, and neighbors must come to term with her new look. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> it stars Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, I, I've seen something about this movie. Who, if you don't recognize her, she's she's the mom in the National Lampoon's vacation movies. Yep. And she's been in lots of stuff. Maybe something around Velociraptor or Velociraptorus or something. It's the only movie where you see a pterodactyl being chased by a stealth fighter. Yes, a jet. I'm trying to think of other movies that might have a jet. And it's a ter- 1996. Oh, so it's a Jurassic Park ripoff. I don't know. No, not even close. It's called Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. Oh, no. Wow. Never heard of that. It's a trauma movie. Oh, it's a trauma. Well, the, okay. So trauma is is the people who brought you Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. So so I, it's a trauma movie I haven't seen, which I've seen quite a few trauma movies. But her name's Pixie. Of course it is. And she turns into a pterodactyl. Of course she does. Though now we would say a pterosaur. Pterosaur, because they all change the names, Cause which ter- is okay, because science moves forward. Pterodactyl is so like 1980. Yep. Whatever. That's okay. It's That's a pterosaur. Okay. Hello. Science moves forward. It should be pterosaur things. woman from Beverly Hills. We used to call them iguanodons, for God's sakes. Again, super dandy should fight pterodactyl woman. Yes, yeah, super dandy should fight pterodactyl <laughs> and woman. And Bing Crosby should do the theme song. Yes. 
That's two for me. Two horrible movies. Two for you. All right, what do we have All next week? All merch sales are going to target ovarian cancer, so please pick up some merch. Mm-hmm. We should have some new designs up there soon. Uh, Mystery Maniacs is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and email. Next week we have episode number seven, Body Double. Which, speaking of capes, we see Bracken Reed in a cape. Oh. Because he goes to the theater. Yes. All right. See you next week, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. Does Murdoch have a shawl? A shawl?